1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say...
2: Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to the curtain call. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. Shannon White is not here with me as usual. Uh, he is actually they had a family uh, emergency, uh, so make sure you remember him in your thoughts. Uh, from what I, I I don't know the nature of it, but I know he had to go to a hospital. Uh, so just all our best wishes are with him, with me in his stead uh andrew wilbar andrew how are you doing tonight doing well ready to talk some Steelers football only one day away from actual football right craziness absolute craziness uh I it, it, it feels to me like the 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 offseason dragged on and then training camp hit and it's just flown does it feel that way does it feel that way for you this
3: year I think it does and I think a lot of it's just because you have we have like a month and a half of absolutely nothing going on and then we see updates each and every day coming out it's like you know why can't this be spread out throughout the whole summer where we can we can we won't get overwhelmed right at the beginning of everything but we can just you know have a full calendar of
2: NFL football activities but uh, it's a good time of year. Yeah and and the last two seasons we've had like nothing to talk about. Cause it's just, it's all speculation. It's like someone says they might've seen something at a practice and you're like, but they can't verify it. And uh, we were, we were running off that. So having training camp back, it's been great, but man, that's crazy. This is actually speaking of football returning. This is the season finale. This is the end of the curtain call for the year after this show, Next Wednesday, when we when we come back, when hopefully Shannon's back with me, uh, it'll be Know Your Enemy. And we'll be talking about preseason opponents. We'll be talking about who the Steelers will be facing. So this is our wrap-up of the offseason. Andrew's here with me. And we're going to today go through the Steelers position groups and rank them in the AFC North. We're going to say, or go through all of them and say where do the Steelers rank right now in the AFC North at all the different position groups. And maybe at the end we'll see where we think they are, uh, where they're going to end up. We'll get some predictions where they're going to end up in the vi- division this year. It's going to be a fun show. Andrew, let's start it off with you. Um, tell us about the AFC North quarterbacks. Where do you think the Steelers, with their quarterbacks, fit in the AFC North.
3: Are we doing anything in terms of Deshaun Watson? Are we just kind of considering him
2: as The whole I would say consider the whole situation. We don't we don't know what's going on with it and and do your do your best.
3: <laughs> so the whole yeah, I'm going to say I would go we have ooh man that it's so tough because you have so many teams that were in a state of transition a couple of years ago and now you have us in that same state. So I would go yeah. I would I would say the Steelers. Are, I'm going to put us fourth for now, um, just especially knowing now that Deshaun Watson more than likely is going to be seeing some time um, playing this year. And I w- I would probably put sorry I got distracted for a second. Um, I mm-hmm. um, I would I would put Baltimore third, Cleveland two, knowing that Watson is out for some time. And then I would put Cincinnati one with a healthy Joe Burrow. Um, I give him a the slight edge.
2: Yeah, I also have Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at the top of the quarterback rankings. I'm going to Ravens second. okay. Steelers third, and I'm putting the Browns fourth. Okay. I think Deshaun Watson a year off, come to the AFC North, where he has not played well in the past. And the suspension thing, I think there's going to be some issues there. I think there's going to be some growing pains. Could be wrong. We'll see, but I don't think it's going to work out well. And I've got one main reason I've got, I've got a, I've got a thing completely away from all the other stuff. Reason why I think Deshaun Watson's not going to be the best quarterback in Cleveland. Cleveland is a hard place to play. The culture, it's a, it's a fan base is very hard. They turn negative very quickly. It's a tough place to play. Baker Mayfield succeeded there because he, partly because he had that arrogance, no matter what happened, he's, he didn't care. He's like, you know, screw you We're going to go out there and, and, You know, stick our foot in your rear. That was kind of Mace. That was kind of a. I always called him Mace and Rudolph. That was Baker Mayfield's thing. I don't think Deshaun Watson fits that. And furthermore, Deshaun Watson is playing for a team he didn't want to play for. He rejected the team straight out, and they came back and offered him enough money to convince him otherwise. But if he's there playing for the money, and he's got all this stuff, and the fans are quick to turn on. If things start rocky and the fans kind of turn on him, I I could see Deshaun Watson's tenure in Cleveland not starting well at all. So I have the Browns fourth, Steelers third, Bengals obviously at the top. Uh, Running backs. Running backs, Andrew. I think this one's one of the easier ones to pick. Where do you have the running backs, ranked?
3: I'm going to put... The Steelers, I'm going to put a second, barely behind, uh, or just ahead of the Bengals, who I have third with Joe Mixon. Um, I think the Steelers' depth is slightly better than Cincinnati's currently. Um, never been a big Samaj P. Ryan fan. Michigan guy, not a Chris Evans guy. Um, but with I, – I mean, the Browns have to be number one, I think, just with both Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and really Dearness Johnson as well has become a really nice – uh compliment to what they have in Chubb and Hunt so you know really if the Browns were to even go and say you know hey we can get along fine without Kareem Hunt we're going to trade him to another team a contender that needs a running back maybe at the trade deadline I think they'd still be number one just with Chubb and Dearness Johnson um followed by Najee with the Steelers and then I just not knowing Baltimore's situation with Dobbins coming back from the injury Mike Davis who's coming off a bad year Um, I just don't know about the Ravens running back situation. I mean, if you want to count Lamar Jackson as a running back, then that changes things, but um, (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh no, I, I have the exact same ranking. Uh, Browns, Steelers, then Bengals, then, then Ravens. And even, and I also was sitting there with the Bengals and Steelers being like, that's a really, that's a really close call. I I'm giving the edge to Najee. Uh, I think he's a better overall running back even than, than Mixon, uh, here, here's a question I got for you, Ernest Johnson. He's the third string running back for the Browns. Is there a another team in the AFC North that has two running backs better than him? No. Yeah, I was, was going to say like if he was their second, he'd be the he wouldn't just be like a good back. He'd still be the best backup running back in the AFC North right now. So the Browns, to me, they've got the top number one back. They've got behind that, you know. Of of the starting backs, he, Chubb's number one for me, and then they've got the two best reserves.
3: Would would you say that Kareem Hunt would be an upgrade over what like let's say Baltimore has right now with J.K. Dobbins?
2: Oh yeah, I think Kareem Hunt would be their number one guy. Like honestly, in that offense, he'd be fantastic. Like he would really fit that well. That yeah, yeah. I play I'd take him over them. Yeah. So they've got. Oh my goodness! I'm might... like, yeah, they've got the best running back room. We'll just we'll just go with that. Browns have by far the best running back room. Steelers second though with Najee Harris and what looks like some depth coming up this year, hopefully. hopefully. Tight ends, where do you where do you have the Steelers tight ends with Pat Fryermuth? Where do you where do you put Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry, our Michigan guy, the
3: Michigan guy that neither of us really likes coming out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Both of us thought we terrible. We were like, oh, this guy's the worst.
0: I don't even know if I had that guy ranked out of all the guys that I rank every year for the draft. I don't
3: even think I cared enough to rank the guy. Um, but I he he's by far outdone any expectation I had for him. But I I would put the Steelers I'm high enough on Firemuth to put the Steelers second. I think Baltimore has to be first with Marky Andrews. None of the teams in the AFC North have a ton of depth at tight end, really. Um but with Cincinnati, they have several young pieces. Um trying to look. I they Hayden Hurst, that was the guy they added this offseason. Sample's more of a blocker. They have okay depth, but Hurst just – he has not become what the Ravens thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round. Um, yeah, I, I, I would put the Steelers second. Then probably I would put Cleveland third – with the mixture of Harrison Bryant and David Njoku, I'm a little bit more confident in that than I am Hurst and Sample. So I'd have to put the Bengals last.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I agree with you. I I was I was flip-flopping the Browns and Bengals, and I was telling you before the show, like almost I, I realized after I'd made my list almost all the close calls that involved the Browns, I, I put the Browns, mm-hmm. I, I dropped the Browns every okay. time. Yeah. So when I just looking at my list here, I have the Browns. As by far the worst team in the division. And uh, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think I'm I'm that's a little that's a little hatred, a little, a little personal thing there for me. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to go against the Ravens and tight ends, they constantly have good tight ends. Like reading reading what they're saying about Hayden Hurst in Cincinnati, they're like, This is the best tight end we've had in a while. And I'm like, Wow, that is the guy Baltimore was like, Yeah, we can get rid of this guy. He doesn't, he's not a big deal. Uh, so I, I do have the Ravens first. They always have a good group Steelers second. And man, I, I want to put the Steelers up there with the Ravens. I'm so high on this tight end group. I think this tight end group with the honor addition of Connor Hayward and as good as Zach Gentry has become love that tight end room, but you you can't put them ahead of Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle and those guys, what they do with the Ravens. Uh, I'm going to – I have the Bengals and Browns pretty much even at the bottom, but you can flip it either way. I'd be okay with it. That takes us through quarterback, running back, tight end. Let's go to wide receivers. It is so difficult because you have so much youth
3: at the position with literally every team in the AFC North, outside of maybe the Browns, and they have some young pieces as well. I would put – I think you have to put Cincinnati first for sure. Just – I mean – I higgins chase boyd they're the best threesome in the league by far and after that i i would put the Steelers second i i like the talent in the room if man if if chase claypool can if he has a different role where he can play more out of the slot use his physicality in a different way where he's not having to be a vertical threat because i know he ran a good 40 time but he, he on tape even coming out of college like I thought he was going to run like a 4-6 or something cuz he wasn't used like that at Notre Dame. He was just a possession guy who was going to be a red zone monster, a third down monster. Um would come down with those contested catches. He was not really a deep threat per se. Um I and I mean Deontay, I'm not his biggest fan, but uh he's he gets open and that's important for a young quarterback. Um and obviously, what what do you think of the role that Calvin Austin's going to
2: play? Pickens is getting a lot of the attention. He's going to have a big role, but what do you think Austin's role is in year one? That's that's the crazy one to me is where they're going to use him because they kind of have that natural set already where you've got Deontay Johnson at the X. He's going to play there 80% of the time. Uh, Chase Claypool is your number two. He's going to be on the other side on the strong side. When they go three receivers, Pickens goes outside of him. He slides into the slot. It makes sense. That's a lot of size together there. That's really nice. And then Calvin Austin the III, it's kind of hard to fit him in there. You know, like he, like in a trips package, yeah, that works. You know, you can put him outside of a trips package and have that thread of screens, have the thread of little loop routes, whatever you want to do with him. I, I think he is going to have a harder time working his way, and I think you are going to see him in more of a gimmicky kind of a role. Not necessarily line up in the backfield and doing doing reverses and that stuff exclusively, but his routes are not going to be just, you know, normal plug him in and he's going to run the route tree. I don't think they're going to do that with him early. It will be interesting to see, and, I, and I'm very interested in seeing, if he gets more snaps or Anthony Miller or uh, Miles Boykin or any of these guys. Uh, Cody White's been playing a lot Even since. In, in camp. Yeah, Steven Sims, a lot of potential there. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but those top three are pretty locked in, and it's gonna and there's a lot of depth. Uh, so yeah, for me, I I have the Steelers number two, obviously Bengals number one. Uh, I went Browns number three, largely on the the basis of Amari Cooper. Brown, did you get through all of yours? Are you yeah, it, it to,
3: I mean, we knew the Ravens were gonna be last. So. Yeah, the
2: Ravens are last because. Do they, do they actually have a wide receiver? <laughs> like,
3: if you want to call Rashad Bateman a sure thing, I, I mean, yeah,
2: it's that. I
3: mean, yeah, they've got nobody, at least with the Browns. I don't want to plug too many Michigan guys in one show, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, I mean, he – I was wanting the Steelers to draft him later in the draft because me too. Michigan did not use him well at all and stuff. Mm-mm. The Steelers – when Michigan had – you know, you had Tariq Black, you had Nico Collins, you had DPJ and stuff – dbj was the one when black was healthy he just got lost in the shuffle completely i mean yeah. his best value was coming on punt returns i mean it, he is a very talented receiver i mean he was just as highly talented coming out as Jerry judy was and you know i think he has he's in a good situation in cleveland he's gonna get decent volume and if Deshaun watson's the quarterback i think he he has a chance to break yeah. out this year as a good wide receiver okay. too
2: yeah i i agree with that i think the browns they have some serious upside there, but I, I I don't think they rival the Steelers yet. Right. And obviously, has has any team put less investment into wide receiver than the Ravens since they drafted Lamar Jackson? Like they drafted a young quarterback and was like, we got a young quarterback. We don't need yeah. receivers. Yeah.
3: <laughs> sounds like what the Chicago everyone. Bears are. Sounds like what the Bears are doing with Justin Fields.
2: Yeah, they're like, oh, you, you go out there and you don't need receivers. No yeah. wonder everyone says like Lamar Jackson can't throw. You know, for one reason, he doesn't have any receivers to throw to. Like you've got to make it happen. Oh, it's I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. One of the great things of this season is uh Marquise Brown going to Arizona. We're going to get to see if Marquise Brown is good and Lamar Jackson isn't. We're going to get this kind of see that dynamic there play out. Yeah. Well, let's move on to defense. If you want, I'll go. I can go first for defense since I put you on the spot, made you go first for all of offense. Where, where do you rate the offensive lines? Oh, offensive lines, man! God, oh, skipping the offensive lines. Yes, right. Go ahead. You you want to take offensive lines here, and then I'll go first for defense.
3: Sure. I, okay. I'm I'm going to put the Steelers fourth. Um, I, I I'm still I the Steelers and I just. I have a lot of philosophical disagreements and one of them is offensive tackle. And I just, I wish more would be invested into, I'd, I'd love to see what the offensive line could be a Steelers offensive line could be. If the Steelers just tried emphasizing, you know, working, trying to find an elite left tackle and the Steelers have never really. And I know in my lifetime, I've never yeah. had an elite left tackle. Um, and I know there's only a select few in the NFL, um, but I would love to see what a Steelers line would look like if it was built from the outside. I know that's not the way the Steelers do, it, but I'd just like to see what it would be like. I think the Browns, I'm putting the Browns first. Um I would be tempted to it's gonna take time to gel, but the Bengals add a lot of nice pieces of their offensive line this year. If Lyle Collins can stay healthy, um he's gonna solidify um that offensive line a lot as well. And I'd probably put Baltimore three um yeah I would go I would go Cleveland one, Cincinnati two, Baltimore three, Steelers four.
2: I have same exact lineup until, until those Browns offensive linemen fall apart. They got the best line. Like that's that, that group is very similar uh, to the Steelers group where, where they're, you've got enough similar age. They've got, they've got a few years left in them before they're, before you have to worry about that group falling off. Uh, Bengals did put a little bit of work into their line. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, Ravens. I, I, I struggle with this one because I think the Steelers can be better than the Ravens uh, offensive line. That's not high praise, right? That's not the, that's not the highest of praise. The Ravens and Steelers do not have the best offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, But for now I'm going to have to go Steelers fourth just because of how bad that group was last year. Uh, I like the additions of Daniels and Cole, but neither of those guys I kind of feel like we started off with, well, these guys are clear upgrades over what we had last season, which is true. They're going to be better than, you know, the guys we trotted out, the, the multiple people we trotted out at center that weren't good. They're going to be better than Trey Turner. Like James Daniel and Mason Cole are going to be better than those guys. But I think over time it's it's become like, oh, they're going to anchor this line. Like, you know, how they're, they're the best guys. They're good. And, they, and we just keep our expectations keep going up for them. I, they're not this isn't David DeCastro, right? This isn't Marquis. We have not added a star lineman to this team. We just improved. And hopefully enough to be a mediocre middle of the road line uh cuz if we're there and the team can force the defense to stop, you know, overloading the box, then we'll be in be- we'll be in much much better shape than we've been the last couple of seasons. But I don't I'm not I, I'm not low on this offensive line, but I'm also not high on them. That makes sense. Yeah. Looking at defense, I'll go ahead and take the reins on this one. I mean, look at the defensive line, interior defensive line, right? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ravens first. This is one that to me is very close. There's a lot of talent out there. Uh, I think Cameron Cameron Haywards is the best defensive linemen in the division. I don't think there's really a discussion to be had on that. But the Ravens uh, with Clay's Campbell, the rookie Travis Jones, who I was a big fan of, and he looks good so far in their camp. I think they are the more well-rounded group. Uh, I think the Steelers could be better, but with what the Steelers did last year, I'm not putting too much stock in them being better than the Ravens depth-wise across the board. So I'm going to go Steelers two. Uh, Bengals have got to put it together, but they've got talent on that defensive line too. I put them three. Uh, and the Browns, I'm putting the Browns fourth. None of these teams, though, are like that bad on the defensive line. Uh, the main reason I put the Steelers ahead of the Bengals is you flip Larry Ogan Joby from the Bengals. He, was, he played great for them. Mm-hmm. He's now a Steeler. Steelers get some guys back. I, it's not enough to overtake the Ravens in my opinion yet. But I think the Steelers are above the Bengals and the Browns come in last place. Uh, partly because that game we played against the Browns last season, we we won the the week seventeen Browns game because J.C. Hassenhauer and John Leglue were pushing their interior defensive line all over the place. They were just bullying them. And if JC Asenhauer and John LeGlue are bullying your defensive interior, you're you're in bad shape. And they didn't do a ton to address it. So that the Browns yeah. to me are the worst there. Uh, what do you have, Andrew?
3: I'm actually putting the Steelers first. Um, with the addition of Ogan Joby. If Alualu is a big question mark, obviously, but I like the depth behind him. I, I love Montrevious Adams. Louder milk is kind of shut me up about a lot that I said about him when he came out. Um I've had to drop the milk dud nickname. I've had to, <laughs> had to do a lot <laughs> with him. But I you know Cam Hayward is just an absolute beast. Is yeah he is so fun to watch on the field. Um I would put Baltimore too really because of Travis Jones. Um Justin Metablique hasn't quite lived up to expectations so far, but he's still young. Um, he's provided good depth for them. Campbell He hasn't fallen off a complete cliff yet. He's obviously not the player he was uh, several years ago, but uh, still a very nice piece they have there. Um, And I would as well put Cincinnati third and the Bengals fourth. The Bengals, just looking at them on paper, I mean, they've got three rookies that are probably going to make the team. Glenn Logan I liked coming out of LSU as a late-round pick, but uh, not if he's going to be seeing any significant snaps in year one. And Perry and Winfrey's tape was so frustrating in college. So frustrating. He would, I mean, he'd go games not doing absolutely anything. He'd just get pushed off the ball. Almost almost I got the impression of sometimes when he just almost felt careless about the game. Like he was not giving his full effort. And then he just turned on a totally new level toward the end of last year. And then into the scouting combine where he blew everyone away with his athleticism. I mean, he had maybe the best offseason, pre-draft process of any well you can make the argument for maybe even any defensive player. Um uh, I mean in his draft stock still hurt because of his inconsistent tape, but um it's all unknowns really with them. Tommy Togiai, same thing. Um Taven Bryan, he was he was a bust and just kind of another piece. They're just just they just have a bunch of guys. They've just added they're just hoping yeah. that a couple of them break out and emerge, but there's nothing proven there.
2: Can't disagree with you there. Uh, going on to edge rushers, I have Steelers number one, uh, Browns number two. to I, 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 Clowney is a guy who can pick up some sacks, but he's mostly in a run defender. Alex Highsmith gives you that same thing, and uh, TJ White is, in my opinion, a significant upgrade on Miles Garrett. He is just better, gives you much more consistent effort and a ton more of splash plays and production, which apparently don't matter as much as, you know, a slightly higher pressure rate uh, to a lot of the NFL. But to me, TJ Watt is the story there. Uh, The Browns have two really good defensive ends, but I'm putting the Steelers first. So Steelers-Browns, then I'm going to go Bengals with – I just lost the name of their guy. Trey Hendrickson is uh, is one of them. Hubbard, I, Hubbard, yeah, Sam Hubbard. He's the other guy. They've got they've got quality there. I'm going to put the Ravens last. You know, Even the, the Ravens got good people. Like the edge rusher position is one that's very strong in the AFC North. And uh, for the for the Steelers, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Steelers don't have the greatest tackles. They're bringing back the guys they had last year. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah i
3: I can't necessarily disagree. I would go with um, Steelers one for sure. Um, I would probably put the Bengals number two only because I really like Joseph Osai and his potential. Because um, I know oh. Steve Hubbard is not necessarily an every, a guy they use on every down all the time. Um, I think Osai is a piece who could really develop. Um, and become a starter uh, once their two guys go off the scene. And then, man, see, I'm not a clowny fan at all. Um, he's a good run defender and stuff, but I just yeah. – I don't like the inconsistent play, the inconsistent effort. Um, I'll put the Browns third barely, but, man, in the words of Gus Johnson, oh, job, oh, man, if David <laughs> – David, a if he can, once he gets healthy, man, that is going to be a good unit. I mean, he's got so much talent. He's got great bend around the edge for someone who hasn't played football that long. I mean, he picked up on the game really, really quickly. I love his aggressiveness. Yeah, I mean, every time he's going after that ball, you know, he's, that's the first thing that is what his mind is on. He's not just going to hit somebody. He's not going, I mean, he's going straight for the ball. Um, Justin Houston is what he is at this point, but um, away, still developing. But I believe they have the pieces there to at this time next year. It wouldn't shock me if we're talking about them as the second or maybe even the top one if they live up to their full potential.
2: Wow, couple of things. I, like I know, I know, I know you're, I know you're high on the Jabo, uh, but I'm surprised you're putting Hubbard Hendrickson. And Osai ahead of Garrett and Clowney. Garrett, I love. No, nah, I don't love him at all. As a, I love his game, yeah.
3: not him. Um, yeah, but you know, Clowney, how, how old is Clowney? I need to look this up. I have the Ravens roster up right now. Clowney is what only 29, still. I guess maybe it's just because he's one of those guys I was never incredibly high on. And maybe I just need to kind of get off of the anti-clowny train. Uh, But I just, I did not like his effort in Houston. I just felt like he was always a little bit on the overrated side and they don't have any depth. They really don't have that much depth behind them. Just looking at their depth chart, Isaiah Thomas um, is a guy who could develop into something. Curtis Weaver, Stephen Weatherly. I mean, that, Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich is the one glimmer of hope that I'll give them.
0: Um, <laughs> how many Michigan guys have we talked about so far? Have we talked about like. Six, I know every six, time three? you
2: come to a Michigan guy, you're like, "Well, this guy." Well, I need
0: to reconsider it now. This is much better now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh uh, man, I'm
3: gonna stick with what I have, but um, I mean, it's close. Yeah. But I really do like Joseph Asai, and I like his potential that he brings. I think if. If he takes that next step this year, the Bengals have three edge rushers that I think they can rely on to give them quality uh, snaps.
2: Yeah. See, I'm, I'm not a huge Clowney fan either. I would put him slightly ahead of Alex Highsmith. But that's that's it. That's really the extent of where I'd go. I I thought, like, if you take Bud Dupree's last season with the Steelers, I thought he was better than Clowney no. uh, at that point. And he's just not – there's guys like Clowney that – when he's the number one guy, he's, he, he vanishes just like a Bud Dupree. When Bud Dupree was the guy, you're not going to get much from him. When there's other people drawing attention and they can just play. Suddenly they start showing up with that athleticism because if they can get a win, they're on the quarterback, they're on the play that quickly. Uh, But, but I don't think they're great players. I think Clowney's highly overrated Uh, when people, when people consider him to be great. Which is not not a small number of people think he's really really good. Mm-hmm. Next group is the one oh, I've been dreading here: inside linebackers. This this is all over the place. I like none of these groups really have uh, established guys where you can sit there and say this is a top linebacker. Uh, but none of them. But they all have. All the teams have talented guys that are inconsistent. Uh, Steelers are hoping to see Miles Jack get back to form from when he was on a good defense. I think he's the best bet of these to be like the clear best inside linebacker in the division. I think Miles Jack is that is the best bet for that. So I have the Steelers and inside linebacker number one. It's a very close matchup for me uh, because again, there's no one really stands out as being clearly great here. Uh, I went with the Ravens second. They've got they've got a lot of talent. They've got some veteran presence. They've got a good mixture. They haven't really put it together very well. Uh obviously Patrick Queen is kind of a bit all over the place. You got guys like Josh Bynes. Uh, you know, you've got you've got different players but you don't have anything great there, you know? You don't have anything really great, but you've got enough players to be pretty good. I'm going to go Bengals third and I'm gonna go Browns fourth for inside linebackers. I'm I'm not sold on any of their even, even Jok, like even, even Joker. I don't uh it should give his actual name, Jeremiah Wosu Yeah. Uh he's got talent, but again, like a Patrick Queen. Like, when are we gonna see that show up consistently? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go Steelers number one, then Ravens, then Bengals, then Browns, and a in a, a tight mash mangled together with none of them really standing out where are yeah, you on that? I would
3: I'm not impressed with any of the rooms I'm going to put the Steelers one only because of the talent I believe is better overall I I have concerns about how well Miles Jack and Devin Bush will play together um just because they they're not they don't complement each other well neither of them are excellent run defenders um I'm just I'm I'm concerned about how well the Steelers are gonna be able to plug up the run in the middle but Man, if Devin Bush, another Michigan player, um, <laughs> if maybe I should just talk about Miles Jack then instead. I mean, Jack seems, and you've talked about how, you know, he could be kind of like that hybrid defender that Flores can kind of move around. Um, yeah. I think he's a good fit. And I and I think Bush is a good fit as well um, for what Flores does. If Flores can just ingrain in him more discipline in the head, Bush has. I don't think Bush has lost the talent, and I I still believe that last year he was somewhat hampered by the injury. Um, it usually takes two years to fully recover from an ACL tear, and I I think that we will see better in time this year from him. Uh, so that's why I put us first, just because of the potential. After that, oh man, yeah, this is not a good division for inside linebackers.
2: It really I, isn't. I, you have. And we went from we went from a lot of strength and a lot of depth at edge rushers to inside linebacker. You're sitting there looking at me like, you, who do you even have? Like, any of these edge guys want to play inside linebacker and yeah, see how it works really. out?
3: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Bengals second because I do like Logan Wilson. He's shown a lot of development. Um, yeah, he's. Jermaine Pratt's main Pratt's kind of an he's kind of a hybrid inside outside guy. They move him around some, but. Um, I did like Pratt coming out. They, hey, to Gray Scales, we've got to give them some credit for Scales. <laughs> I mean, that totally puts them on the top. Keem Davis Gaither, um, Marcus Bailey. I, I will say that at least that age is on their side. The yeah. players they have have not reached their climax, um, and I'll give them that. Whereas with Baltimore, okay, they have Patrick Queen. When he's at his best, I mean, you can make an argument he's the best linebacker in the division. But after him, Malik Harrison – Josh Ross is a Kobe McLean, and Josh Bynes. That's what they have outside of Patrick Queen. So yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Browns third, and the Ravens fourth, just because I I am not sold at all on the Ravens' stuff. They have a Kobe, or they have um
2: Patrick Queen and nobody else. See, part part of my ranking of the Ravens, defend them being second, again, it's all mashed together for me, mm-hmm. is the Ravens always seem to get solid inside linebacker play out of lesser talents. True. True. So I'm I, I always look at it and I'm like, yeah, but they're they're gonna play like a Raven. You know, they're gonna do it. They're gonna they develop give that. you a certain amount of competence. And I I I'm not confident we're gonna get that from the Browns at all. I I'm, I'm I am a Browns hater. I I'm, I'm coming out today as a Browns hater. You can all you can all roast me if you want to, but deal with it. I I don't like this Browns team. I think they're highly overrated and they're going to have a terrible season. But moving on from inside linebacker, let's go to cornerbacks. Uh despite injuries, some drop-off things, I'm I've got to still put the Ravens number 1 uh with with Marlon Humphrey, uh, I, I, when he's healthy, he's absolutely dominant. He just locks people down. Uh, they play him in the slot, which is the, if, if you shut down slot receivers in the NFL today, you're going to win football games, and that's what Marlon Humphrey does. Uh, they still have Marcus Peters out there. He's still, he's still not bad. He's he's not the he's not playing badly yet. He's he has his moments. He can be beaten, but he's he's pretty good. Uh they've got some other guys out there that are pretty decent. So I'm gonna go with them number one for me. The Bengals are number two. I, I can't rate too highly any cornerback room with Eli Apple, even though he seems to have found a good you know place there. Uh Chadobia Woozy, you know, solid starter, solid number one, maybe. I don't know. I- I'm not sold on this. Mike Hilton, great great part of that defense for them. He actually had a very solid season last year uh, was good for them. I'm going to go Steelers number three because mm-hmm. we we don't have a number one. Uh, our system doesn't really require one, in my opinion the way we run our defense and the fact that we have Mankin Fitzpatrick and the addition of more safeties, uh, I, I think the Steelers are going to keep up with the system they've been running where they don't rely on cornerbacks too heavily uh, to make their plays. Inside, it's kind of a jumbled mess. Like we we kind of know the outside corners. There's three of them. We got Cam Sutton. We got uh, Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon. But inside, who's playing where? Right? Who's who's playing what? Who's our nickel? We didn't really have a good nickel last year. Uh, so we'll see how we'll see how that goes. So I have the Steelers third, and then I have the Browns fourth because I'm a Browns hater, uh, and I don't I don't Newsom was good last year but even he wasn't that like number one and greedy Williams, I'm not sold on at all. I just, I just don't think they have much there other than Greg Newsom. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I'm going to put,
3: I I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to put the Steelers fourth. This one barely. And the Browns were really close. I just, I, I don't see a ton of upside with what the Steelers currently have, but I wanted to ask you, I know that Joe Hayden and stuff, obviously he was excited about hitting the open market and didn't get the interest that he was hoping for. Um, and I'm writing an article about the top free agent available that this could potentially fit the Steelers. You mentioned about the Steelers not having great options at nickel, at least they didn't last year. And I know that's the safeties may come down some and you know, different things, but would you what would you think of bringing back joe hayden on a team friendly deal a smaller contract where he could even at even at the worst case scenario where he just has completely fallen off a cliff he's just kind of what i call a ploach. he's half player half coach but really more a coach than anything else at that point in his career um but would you be what would you think of him playing in the slot for the steelers
2: well everyone remembers like Deshae townsend when he, when he was too old to play outside and he went in the slot and he just made plays. He he made some yeah. serious plays. Joe Hayden doesn't have the skills to play out, doesn't have the athleticism and physical uh, stuff going on now to play at his age outside like he used to. We saw him returning from injury and he was not the same player, and yet he made some big plays. Joe Hayden, if he was willing to come back and be a nickel corner. I think he would be fantastic at it because you can protect him. Like you protected Mike Hilton where you, you rarely had Mike Hilton having to cover a guy from, you know, his release off the line to a deep route, right? If that happens, Joe Hayden passes him off and you're fine. He's not going to be out there on an Island asked to cover in man on a good receiver. Like he is like, you have to be when you're outside guy, like when you're, the starter outside you're going to be in those situations he could no longer really do that as well at the end of the year I think he'd be great I question whether he'd be willing to do it that's where I question I I, the guy's made a ton of money he has made so much money and he has a lot of pride and I don't know if he would take that but if he was willing to in a heartbeat I would overpay for him because that's a guy that makes plays and he makes big plays I mean Game game saving tackles game game and clinching tackles game he breakups in the end zone he is a guy that made game changing plays for us well after he was no longer a true number one cornerback put him in that position man I think he'd be fantastic and he'd give us a couple of plays where you could point and say hey you know Joe Hayden might have been the guy who won us was the difference in a close game between a, lo- a win and a loss mm-hmm. with a big play. Joe Hayden's that kind of guy. I would love to bring him back in that capacity.
3: Yeah, I I would as well. Uh, I'm going to put the Ravens first, so that would mean Bengals second. So Ravens are definitely first in my opinion. Um, and there's quite a drop-off between them and the rest of the division still, despite age and despite injury concerns.
2: Yeah. All right. So last position here we're going to cover safeties. We're not going to rank kickers um, long snappers. I mean, we can do kicker. We no, I'm not, I'm not. Team. No,
0: no, I'm not.
2: I think, I think we all know Ravens are number one there, right? Ravens are number two. Steelers probably number. Ravens number one. Steelers probably number two. I think well, we can do that. Probably. McPherson, though, he's looking like a good young kicker. But since. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can challenge Boswell when he puts it together for a few years.
3: Yeah. Definitely.
2: <laughs> so there you go. There's our special teams right there. Ravens one, Steelers two. No one cares about three or four. Uh, <laughs> but for the safeties, for the safeties, uh, with the addition of DeMonte Kazee, the return of Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, I safety Steelers are number one here for me. Absolutely. Number one. I think this safety room, I like it a lot better with the potential to have Minka Fitzpatrick not have to be a deep safety all the time. Right, he was very. He's very good at that, but that's not where he is elite. That's not where he's at his best. Minka Fitzpatrick is an all-pro when he is able to roam a bit, able to read the defense, cut routes off, uh, jump things, and gamble a bit. And I think the Steelers put have him in a better position where he will be able to do that more this year. And so the Steelers, to me, are the number one safety room. Uh, After that, I'm gonna go Ravens. Uh, I'm high on the rookie uh, kid. What is his name?
3: Kyle Hamilton.
2: Yeah, Kyle Hamilton. I like him. I know he's not the best athlete, and he's not a guy you want in man coverage on any wide receiver. Uh, But, I mean, the Steelers don't put Minka like that. The Ravens had Ed Reed. They never put him in man coverage on anybody, right? There's players that you just don't do that with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is going to be fine. I like I like him for the Ravens and they they have some other talents there, so I have them number two. I have the Browns number three. Uh and the Bengals, I have the Bengals number four because I don't believe Jesse Bates is gonna play for them. Uh if Jesse Bates plays for them, they are immediately number two. Like if he if they somehow sign him to a deal and he's happy and he's back, they're number two and they're pushing the Steelers for number one. Jesse Bates is that good of a free safety. Uh and he is a true single high free safety, uh, and and but without him, I'm putting him fourth.
3: Yeah, if without him, that makes things difficult because I would, I would definitely put the Steelers one regardless. Um, but the Bengals would be a close two. I'm still going to put the Bengals two, not necessarily just because of Hill, but or not because of um, Jesse Bates, but. Number nine,
0: <laughs> I don't think – I I apologize to Jeffrey because I don't think he's ever going to get – all of his Ohio State listeners and Michigan State listeners that listen to the show every week are never going to listen again after tonight. But, I mean, I, Daxton Hill is a monster. <laughs> I,
3: mean, I, I, mean, I mean, he is exactly what works great for – since because we we're talking about how their outside corners are not good, and we know Hill can come to the slot, but Michigan would even occasionally put him out on the outside. I mean, he has the athleticism to cover receivers on the outside. You have him and Mike Hilton, and then you have a Jesse Bates and Avon Bell, Bell, um, and some other pieces you have at safety. I mean, that is a good secondary overall. Um, just the ability to move him around all over the place, he can play both safety spots. And, you know, maybe now if Cincinnati does trade him, uh, trade Jesse Bates, I, you know, I don't know. I would still put Cincinnati slightly second, but that's also because I'm not quite as big on Kyle Hamilton. I think he's going to be solid. He's going to be sound. He's going to be a great tackler. He's going to come down. He can help a team's run defense a lot. Um, and he's sound in coverage. He's just not a playmaker. Um, and I've never been the biggest Chuck Clark fan. Um, he just seemed to be kind of like a guy they – almost like the Steelers with Vince Williams. He, they kept him around after they lost pieces. And he developed and, in, in, you know, he stepped up into a bigger role and was fine. And Vince Williams was excellent in his role for several years. Um, but Chuck Clark, I mean, he is what he is at this point. I don't think he's gained any better. He's, he's solid. But the, uh, he's nothing exceptional. I feel like the Bengals just have a little bit more upside overall than the Browns. I would probably um, put last really knowing that Grant Delpit uh, struggled to stay healthy um they brought in John Johnson uh i don't it didn't seem to me i didn't watch him super closely specifically but didn't seem like he was quite as good as what he was with the rams the previous year um but yeah so i would go steelers 1, bengal's 2, ravens 3 and brown's 4 is it just me or are you muted jeffrey
2: Sorry, sorry. Oh, I muted. There oh. was some. There was some talking going on. I oh. muted it, and I, as always, forgot that I muted it. Um, so the Steelers, obviously on defense, we have them ranked a lot higher than we did on offense. I don't think I'm looking. I'm trying to remember. I don't think we had them at the top of any offensive position. Obviously, we had them at the top of edge and uh, safety, right there at the top defensive line. I think you had them top of the defensive line as well. Mm-hmm. That's the team the Steelers have this year. So I want to, before we go, the last question I want to ask you here is what position group on offense do you feel bears the weight the most of making this offense run? Like with the talent they have, who is the group that really needs to drive this Steelers offense this year?
3: I don't think the offensive line necessarily needs to drive it. They just need to be better than they were last year. Um, I think it's the receivers uh, just because of the amount the Steelers have invested in terms of draft capital, Chase Claypool has put up or shut up time. And, uh, you know, George Pickens, obviously he's coming back from an injury, but everyone's raving about, you know, how look, how good he looks in camp. Well, let's see it on the field. Um, we know how fast Kelvin Austin is and he could be a true deep threat. And, you know, the Steelers have so many pieces. Deontay Johnson, if you think you're worth that much, money, let's, let's see you perform when you're not getting 175 targets in a year. Cause I highly doubt that's going to happen again. So, you know, I, I think it's up to the wide receivers really to determine the Steelers success, even more so than the quarterback in some ways. I think regardless of whether it's Kenny Picker or Mr. Trubisky, you're going to see, um, you're going to have ups and downs. Um, I'm higher on Trubisky than most people, but you know, I, I think that the receivers, if they can live up to their potential, they're going to make whoever is under center, uh, he's going to make it their job a whole lot easier.
2: I agree with you there. Uh, but I, I have the receiver second. My number one group is the tight end room, uh, mm-hmm. partly because they're they're going to have to be involved in making the quarterback's life easier, similar to receivers will be. Uh, but they also play a big role in this run game working. And in Matt Canada's offense, they're going to play a role in misdirection. They're going to play a role in a lot of different ways. And there it's a good group. I think Zach Gentry, Pat Friermuth, and even Connor Hayward need to step up. And be a big factor this year for this offense to really function well. Mm-hmm. And I think if they can, this offense is going to be significantly better for it. Uh, I, I think they're a major piece here. Here to close us out, Andrew, give us your prediction. Where do the Steelers finish in the AFC North this season?
3: I'm going to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna say second. I think I think you're gonna have Cincinnati will barely win the division. Um, I think the Steelers can get to ten wins. I, I think that it's possible with the Deshaun Watson suspension, not knowing what he's gonna be like after having so much time off. You know, I think there's a lot of unknowns there. And then with Baltimore, Lamar Jackson just doesn't have a whole lot of help on the offensive side of the ball outside of Mark Andrews. Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns there as well. So I I think. I'm confident enough in Mitch Trubisky, if he is the starter to lead this offense into a state where if the defense is as good as we think it can be, the Steelers can win games at the end. I mean, Trubisky, there was times, nobody talks about it, but there were several times, maybe not even in the fourth quarter, but clutch drives and situations where Chicago's offense needed to score. That was when he came in big, especially that 2018 year Mm -hmm. when he had some pieces around him. He had a good system. He was given a fair shot. You know he did really well, so I, I'm confident in Trubisky. I think he's a perfect fit for Matt Kanda's offense. His mobility outside the pocket, everything. I just really like the way things are looking for Trubisky.
2: Okay, for my for my thing, I I gotta ask you here real quick. How far did the, were How far were the Steelers behind the Bengals last season? Do you remember the records? Bengals were 10 and 7. The Steelers were seven. nine, seven, and one. They were half a game right. behind the Bengals. And the Bengals swept the Steelers. Right. So outside of their head-to-head matchup, the Steelers were better than the Bengals with a tougher schedule. That's I want to start there. I'm going to start there. Uh I think the Steelers' offense is going to be better this year. I think the Steelers defense is going to be better this year simply because they're not going to have the injuries. They didn't have, like, you, you, who, whoever Miles Jack is, he's going to be better than Devin Bush or Joe Schobert were last year when Devin Bush was hurt. Devin Bush is probably going to be better than either of those two were last year. Even if he's not the guy we want him to come bounce back and be, if he's the guy he was at the end of last season, just more consistently, Mm -hmm. he's better than either guy we had last year. The defensive line? I don't want to jinx this, but it, it would be hard to be worse than, than what those injuries put that defensive line down to. I think the Steelers have a real shot to win this division. I think Cleveland is not going to be good. I think Baltimore still has too many holes and too many issues on their offense. Uh, I, I think their their offense is going to do to the Ravens what they did last year to the Ravens. And what the offense of the Steelers has been doing to that team is is just not being good enough. Lamar it's too easy to stop Lamar Jackson when he's all you have. If you've got Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and that's it, he's too easy to stop. You have to put more around him than that. So for me, man, if the Bengals have a letdown year, which if Jesse Bates is not on that defense, I think they'll have a letdown year. I think the Steelers could very easily steal this division, uh, but it would be a steal. Bengals have to be the favored. Uh, to win the division, but I think the Steelers are second with a good chance to steal the division from the Bengals and, and be back on top of the North. I'm not a fan of Cleveland or uh, the Baltimore Ravens, not a fan of either of their teams, really. So for me, I, I think there's a good chance Steelers are second or possibly even first. Andrew, let the people know what you have coming, what they, what you, they can uh, read from you. Plug your shows, whatever you want to do.
3: Well, on the Steelers Fix, we're just talking a lot of fantasy topics as of late. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed the fantasy headliners. Um, very good show. If you want to go and listen to that, they gave great insight on some of the Steelers uh, players in fantasy football. And then on the website, um, c- going to be coming out with, as I mentioned earlier, a the I believe I have the top five free agent fits for the Steelers. Just looking at guys the Steelers could potentially afford. I just came out with a piece on Tyrell Crosby, just a kind of a low-risk, high-reward guy I think the Steelers should bring in. But um, just be going to check um, that out, just some free agent stuff. We'll be diving into some more fantasy and even a little bit of early NFL draft stuff throughout the season as things unfold, um, giving some updates on whose stock is rising and whose is falling.
2: All right. Uh, For me – I don't know what I I don't think I have anything anything finished right now. Uh, I just had a bunch of articles come out already this week. Make sure you check those out. Uh, The Vertex came out. Uh, Yeah, I've been I've been really really looking into the the language of the report for Deshaun Watson. I had an article on that come out. I'm I'm looking at the again at that. I'm looking at the uh, the Brian Flores situation with the Dolphins and seeing what that's going on. We'll see if any of those turn into more any more articles, uh, just thank you for being with us. Uh, for those in the live chat, thank you for being here. I know we came on late uh, because uh, my normal co-host, Shannon White, if you missed the start of the show, uh, had a family medical emergency. Andrew was able to come on with us, but but couldn't make it at our normal 830 time. So thank you, Andrew, for coming on. Kind of a last minute addition to the show. Uh, came on, did a great job for us. Our thoughts and prayers are, of course, with Shannon White and his family. Uh, hope, hoping the best for you guys and for everyone who came and was here in the live chat thank you for being here thank you for participating we'd love getting your comments and for everyone listening at home thank you for listening make sure you are listening to all of the behind the steel curtain family of podcasts clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com as we as we progress through training camp and get ready for preseason start next week again uh, next Wednesday we start Know Your Enemy, looking at the Seattle Seahawks uh, ahead of the Steelers' first preseason game. Again, thank you all for being here. Have a great week, and let's go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love
1: makes me live for tomorrow. <laughs> chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com. no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring
3: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire
1: huh